Okay, yeah, we're recording, and I didn't even drop the frame rate or what's it called resolution for this. That's fine. I literally just went. F wow, that's a that's a noise. Um, <laughs> uh, literally, I went from my bed to my chair because I was like, I have to. I I I need podcast. Um, anyway, welcome back to the Queen of the Podcast. I'm your host, Queen. Um, I'm all out of apologies. I literally told you guys I was going to start catching up, and I fell behind by f almost four episodes by now. So we're going to do this. We're going to... I'm going to get as much episodes as I can right now. As of right now, I'm recording this on a Monday. Um, but the episodes are going to be drastically shortened, and we're going to... I'm going to do ad-free. Like, I... You, <laughs> you guys... You know, for those of you who are, you know, actively listening to our podcast, I don't think you guys deserve ads um when we are not really uploading regularly anymore so we're just we're we're just going to do 30 minute recordings until we until we catch up once we start doing one hour recordings again we'll start do, we start um i am stuttering a card um we will start putting back ads when we do like hour long recordings um but with that being said we i don't have anything particular to talk about although i um hold on let me um okay go cool, add our audio's down uh, what's it called? What? No. Performance mode. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Like, there's a few things I could talk about. Um, we still have Phantasmagoria Flower View to cover, which is Toho 9. Um, unfortunately, that one's the shortest one, actually. It's actually, the, uh, in my opinion, the smallest and, I wouldn't say the least important Toho entry, but... It is most certainly, like, it has the smallest crew. I believe it has, like, five characters, I think. Maybe even four. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I I don't really... To kind of dumb down Flower View, I, I might do, like, an official episode, but to kind of dumb it down, like... It, it literally just... It's... I don't even know. <laughs> if Flower View is such a small story that I don't even know what the story is. Um, but it has some pretty cool characters, so I, I wouldn't overlook it. Um, but anyway, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Xenoblade Chronicles, because I love Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, more or less about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and some potential ideas I thought of, that w another thing that the plot could be consisting of. Um, from the last time we talked about it, we kind of just mentioned about, you know, like, Xenoblade 1 and 2 people kind of fighting over their land of Ionios. Um... And a theory hit me really, really hard earlier today. Um, and that theory was, what if they're fighting over the whole, like, I wouldn't say religion, but the whole concept of Zansa? Now, let me kind of like explain a little bit what I mean by that, because some of you guys may or may not have listened to my episode about what is Xenobi Chronicles and all that stuff, so I will go over a little bit on everything that I'm going to be explaining. So in Xenoblade Chronicles, both the worlds for both 1 and 2 were made by a man named Zanza, more or less specifically Professor Klaus. Um, Xenoblade 2's um, story, or not story, um, setting, is where Klaus did his experiment to destroy and recreate the world, whereas Xenoblade 1, it's, it's kind of just like one of the many worlds that he got created by, if that makes sense. Like... All rest is essentially the the world that is that is um in a way hiding 
the past, which is Mortha, and Mortha is the old humanity, and old humanity is Klaus, and Klaus is the creator. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it's it's just it's just made by both like Zanza in a way or Klaus in a way kind of made both worlds. Like it's not just Xenoblade One and Two worlds that are out there, but there are like probably many others. It's just you know we just so happen to encounter Xenoblade One, um, but. At the end of both games, it it ends off of them making a new world, and Alvis and Xenoblade One says that he that, that this world is you know like it's it's very vast, it has much more life, things like that. Um, and then Xenoblade Two ends off of finding quote unquote Elysium, um, and it is like you know this, this new land and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> the only plot hole I have is I don't know how the heck Xenoblade One characters got to to like, or I don't even know how. Xenoblade 1 and or 2 characters got to the same land. I mean, obviously, it's because, you know, they they both wish for a new world, but it it doesn't make sense to me because Xenoblade 1 is... Um, it's it's still on the Bionis, moral, and, and especially with Future Connected, it's on the Bionis shoulder as well. Whereas Xenoblade 2, it's literally, literally we hit, like, we, we went on the Minecraft menu and hit New World. Like, that's literally what they did. And we don't, we have no idea where it is other than it's called, quote-unquote, Elysium. Um, so, yeah, that is the endings of both games. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. Um, so, now, where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is Zanza had affected both worlds. And I think that's why Xenoblade 1 was the important world for this case, because half of Zanza, when he did the experiment, he split in two, physically. Um, and one half of him resided in Xenoblade 2 world, while the other one resided in the Xenoblade 1 world. Um, and so Zanza in Xenoblade 1 was thought of as an antagonist. He like, literally thought of... Um, how can I put it? Like, he was... Oh my god, I'm trying to put in the words. Uh, like, he was the idea of, like, you know, oh, you are a bad guy type of character. Like, he was literally... He was literally, like, residing in Shulk. It was literally, like, the whole thing of... Well, not really the whole thing, because the whole thing was Mekon. Uh, Mekon. Mekonis. Um, but, like, you know, when the plot got deeper, we realized that it was Xanza. And so, Xanza was just a very known to be a very bad character whereas xenoblade 2 he's actually more or less a good guy i guess he like he, he he's like a neutral slash good guy like he, you know he kind of just gave his information and kind of said like hey like i made you guys and one of my creations that came out was is kind of getting out of control can you please do me the flavor and stop him please i will give you access to everything you need you need to stop him so he was like kind of a good guy um and so, because that both worlds depict Zanza as 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 different, like in different ways, because Xenoblade Two characters see Zanza as a good guy, kind of, um, whereas Xenoblade One characters see them as a bad guy, I feel like that could have potentially stirred up the conflict. And you might be asking, if you're a Xenoblade fan, like how that how that makes sense, because Zanza is dead in both worlds. Well, remember he's a creator, like all of his remnants stayed behind or either stayed behind or carried on like i mean regardless of where they are ionios elysium all rest mechanis bionis it doesn't matter like it's all made by zanza um <clears throat> technically it's made by shulk i guess because you know he remade the world but um yeah no it's just 
because all the technology that they're all using is made by Klaus slash Zanza, um, I feel like there's been an interruption of what they believe in. Because in in the trailer for Xenoblade 3, um, Tyon, I believe is his name, um, okay, the bird person, the not the well, not Hyantia, but uh, the freaking the guy who can use like the papers, the the paper bird, the paper thingies. Um, he mentioned. So, okay, hold on, hold on. Um, I'm looking through the trailer right now. Um, so uh, another thing too is um, I'm trying to find it. Lands, aka the Machina-like character, he says, "I refuse to believe you're him," and I don't know what he's referring to when he said that, but it could be potentially Zanza. Um. And then Uni, aka the Hyantia girl, she says, How can our lives mean so snuff and little to her? I mean, it, to English translation, how can how can you see our lives so like, you know, belittling? Like why like why like why do you see our lives like that? And Tyon replies, They're not your friends anymore. They're his fuel. So they're referring to this him person, this he person. Um, and I can only think of Zanza, really, or potentially uh, ama- like the like the, the one of the protagonists of, of the other two Xenoblade games, which I, I mean I honestly doubt. If anything, they might be talking about Shulk, perhaps. But even then, like I I don't think Shulk would, would. I doubt Shulk would have let this happen, and that's even if Shulk's even alive. I I I heard from the week before Xenoblade even got like announced that Shulk and Rex are gonna be making a, a like a return, um, which would be interesting. But they are not shown at all in this trailer at all. Um, which, by the way, at the time I'm recording this, is heavily rumored that we're getting a trailer tomorrow. Um, oh, excuse me. I, I burped and I, I didn't really throw up, but like, I got that feeling. Sorry. Um, but it, it's it's people are, are making rumors that well, um, that Xenoblade Three is getting another trailer, or we're just getting more info in general, which I'd be kind of hyped about, honestly. Um, I would love that. But who knows? Um, in a way, I like long story short. In a way, I kind of don't want them to release a new trailer, but I at the same time I do, or at the very least, they, they kind of need to. Not gonna lie, um, because like I mean, if if you announce one trailer like six plus months away from the official game release and don't say anything else about the game, like um, it just it would just look very odd. Either I mean, or at the very least, if you're gonna do that, at least know, let know people like, hey, like we're working really, 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 really hard, so like we can't really make any trailers. Um, but other than that, though, I mean, I I get why. Like the trailer came out in February, we're in May, almost well, halfway into April, so I guess that's fair. But I really hope, like, I don't want them to overhype it. I don't want them to show us enough content to the point to where, like, we, we, all right, now we kind of know what the story is now. Um, because I keep on watching this trailer and I'm learning more and more and more about this world. And I'm kind like, I, I kind of want to stop doing that because I don't want to guess what, what this story is. But at the same time, it's like, it's real played. I, you know, I want to know the goods. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know. Like in a way, I hope it. Uh, in a way, I hope they do. But in a way, I hope they don't. Um, but anyway, um. So yeah, like literally, he like tie on the others are just saying all this stuff about him. He and I can only think of Zanza. Like there's like there's only one he in common that both worlds have, and it is Zanza, aka or slash Klaus. Um. So like I'm just 
like when when they say they're his fuel, because a Tyon is saying that to a high Entia, that could mean that that could mean like you know oh Telethia or going after Homs because for for you guys that don't know, um, there are three different races in in, in both Xenoblade games. Um, or at least depicted from these six characters that we get from the third game. In Xenoblade 1, we have Homs, who are, you know, just humans, really. Um, we have Machina, which are, like, Mechon, but they're people. Like, they're, you know, they're not just, like, you know, brain-dead robots. They're actually, like, you know, people. Um, they were actually the people of Mechonis who, in a way, served or praised Maineth, and um, they seek refuge, or they... They took refuge on on the Mechonis arm that fell off the Mechonis. They are like um they're like they're like the peaceful pro, uh, protesters. Like they are like they're people that like just like didn't didn't want to fight, but like Eggio was like, nah, we're gonna fight. Um, and yeah, and then you have you have the Hyentia, which are basically bird people. They're like you know, people that have like little wings on their heads and all that stuff, kind of like angels, I guess, but not really. Um, and then Xenoblade Two, you have Humans, obviously. I mean, that's just, you know, just human. You have Blades, which are, you know, humanish looking people. I mean, it depends on the person. They look fully human or not human at all. Um, and they're they are basically immortal until their driver dies, aka the human that they're bonded with. Um, and then you have... Uh, I actually don't even know what Tyon is. Hold on. Um, Xenoblade 3 Races... Uh, oh yeah, Gormadi, I'm stupid. Um, Gormadi are people from the province of Gormont. Um, in Xenoblade 2, it's one of the very first areas that you encounter. Um, it's not, well, it's not like the first first, but it's like third, technically. Um, or the second, if you, if you play Torna. Um, it is, yeah, like literally, um... Gormadis are basically people that just have, like, cat ears or, like, any form of animal ears, essentially. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way, other than that, the, they're, they're also pretty human. Um, so, yeah, phone quiet. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so, sorry, where I was going with that was Tyon, who is a normal human from Xenoblade 2. Um, actually, hold on. I thought, okay, if Tyon was a Homs, actually, that would have made more sense if he, if he said that. Or actually, well, I guess, like, if you learned about the other culture of, of the other Xenoblade universe, I guess, like, you would be someone who would just assume. Because, like, I mean, let's be real, like, we've all been there, where, like, you know, we've, we've like, read up on something that, that, that we knew was factual. No, excuse me, that we know was factual, and... We sometimes speak like we're a know-it-all. Like we've had, we've we've had stuff like that happen. Like whether if it's not really that important or really really important, it could be small or big. We've all had moments like that. Um, and I, I think and I think Tyon could be doing that because he does seem like someone who is very much so a genius. But I think his I, I think he also seems like someone who who's like whose geniuses can like can like over can overset the bounds a little bit and. He might end up. He might end up being like a know-it-all sometimes. Whenever I guess pressured in battle, I guess I don't know. Um, my guess this this is not confirmed or factual at all. This is just purely my guess, but and just uh, speculation. Um, 
But I think Tyon could just be like overthinking it a little bit. Um because he was like, Yeah, no, like what's it called? The Toethia are from the Bionis and Bionis, you know, or the Toethia eat Bionis people because that's how yeah. So I, I think he, that could be happening, or he he might know, or it might just be a Xenoblade Three thing that he might know that we don't. Um. So yeah, there's that. Um. The real enemy thing. I wanted to touch on that a little bit as well. Um. So the real enemy, obviously, we we know it's going to be some third party. Um, and I'm ninety percent sure it has to do. With 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 that with that mist thing, um, that we saw in Xenoblade One Future Connected. Because if it's not that, I don't know what it is. Because there's no way that they would just make a DLC Future Connected, go through all, excuse me, go through all that effort just to not make it relevant. You know what I mean? So like we know that that mist thing is super important, but we just don't know how. Um. So yeah, I, I I don't really know about that. Um, but we know that we're gonna find the truth inside of Araya. Um, and the, the the key art for Xenoblade Three got leaked. Um, and I actually have as my desktop background, and it reveals quite a bit to us actually. Um, it shows the so the Sword of the Mechanis used to be next to the sliced Araya. But now, it's inside Araya, which I feel like it makes more sense, kind of. Um, and now there's like this mountain, um, or or it's still a mountaintop that, we, or yeah, like some or this this hill that that kind of grows up to the Araya Mechanis sword. Um, I honestly do feel like we're gonna learn how that happened. Like how Araya got the slice. It, that you know what you know what this could symbolize? I feel like the the Araya Mechanis um sword could symbolize the declaration of war. I feel like we might see that happen. I feel like we could see the Mechanis sword slicing through Araya. I feel like we, we might be able to see that and that might be a crucial moment in the game. I think that'd be really, really cool. Um so yeah. Other than that, I'm trying to think there was one more thing I was gonna mention. Yeah, so I honestly do think like it's 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 gonna be a fight over like how people should see Zanza and how we should like you know go about with him maybe. Um, because a lot of people said that there was the Zanza symbol on the number three. Uh, let me Zanza symbol. I could be wrong. I honestly could be very much so wrong. I don't even know what the Zanza symbol looks like. What does it look like? Yeah, I don't even know. Hold on. Um. Dun, dun, dun. Hold on. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking through stuff. Hmm. Never mind. I can't really find it. Um. There was some symbol that that they saw, but I don't really see it. Oh well, that's weird. Anyway, um, 
There was it was a symbol on number three, and that honestly, some people said it was Zanza. I honestly just think it's just an Ionio symbol. But to think that both Zanza's creations is gonna be um, colliding, I wonder. I wonder how that's gonna work. Like, it's honestly kind of crazy. But yeah, I that that's what I was just saying. Like, I, I feel like it might be a fight over like how. Um, what's it called? Um, I, I I just feel like it's just like maybe like you know like how it could be, or at the very least, it could be one of the key factors. Um, because I mean it, it would make sense because like you know if you're from if you're from Xenoblade Two, and someone were to tell you, oh yeah no Zanza's a bad guy, and you're like what? No, what do you mean? He made a new world for us. And then meanwhile Xenoblade One fans, if you not fans, if characters. If you tell them like, oh like, no, Xenoblade or uh, Zanza's a freaking great guy and like you're like, what's no shot? Like you know what I mean? Like So, I don't know. I just um I don't know. Another huge thing I'm 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 ready to see is Alvis to meet his sibling, Mithra. Uh because um what's it called? Like for you guys who don't know, Alvis is one of the computers, aka one of the Aegises, um, as we can see from the remake of Xenoblade One, um, and so because that he, uh, because that you know, he has Aegis key now, we now know what happened to the third, um, to the third. What's it called? Losing brain cells. Hold on, to the to the third keystone. Which is Alvis. I mean, it makes sense because he is Monado, and when uh, Malos went into full power, whenever he had full power, he also used the Monado. Um, and that confused the crap out of me, even before I played Xenoblade 1, when I was playing Xenoblade 2 at the time. Um, like, I, 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 was, I was like, bro, what? A Monado? So, it was pretty crazy. Um... Yeah, so I just, I mean, I wonder how Alvis is going to see Mithra, and how they're going to treat each other. I just hope they're just not chilling, being sealed away while a war is happening, because that honestly would not be good. And honestly, I need to know how many Monados are out there, because that could honestly, um play a huge role in how I feel about the people of Xenoblade 1. I feel like the Monado should be just like a one original thing. Yet I have an awful feeling that Shulk was like, hey, let me just like duplication glitch. So Yeah. I don't really know. But it's just it's just a lot to think about, honestly. And with this new trailer coming out soon, supposedly, um that just means uh more speculation and more from my head to freaking go crazy over. So lovely. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be so so fun. I'm gonna hate it. But I'm also gonna love it because it's Xenoblade. And I honestly can't cry about it. Speaking of which though, actually, I would I do wanna say though, at first I kinda thought about where is uh Monolith Self gonna gonna go from here with Xenoblade afterwards, since we know this is gonna be the final game. And, honestly, they could pull a power move, and I feel a sneeze. It's coming. I feel a sneeze. I'm gonna, I might mute. Hold on.
Uh, coming. Is it coming? I feel it. It's tingling me. I'm the mouse on the mute. It's almost there. It's literally almost there. Don't tease me like this. Yeah, my nose getting all stuffy. Hold on. Okay, it it went away. I guess it's not. It didn't love me anyway. Um, they could pull a power move, and they could like bring back Xenoblade Chronicles X, because that would make Xenoblade um, I wouldn't say the community, but like the the Xenoblade player base active. Like it would, it would actually keep it active and running. And if not that, it would it actually keep the numbers consistent because Xenoblade X was actually underrated for various reasons, and also it's a multiplayer game. So, that, and like if they consistently update it as well, or like maybe slowly expand it, perhaps even like just slowly just keep on working on it while they figure out what they want to do for the next you know big project um, series. I feel like that would like it would just be it would just be such a good move. I think them. Porting Xenoblade X or making even like an X2 or something. Um, I think it'd be a really good idea. I think I think them doing that after Xenoblade 3, like I, I'd say give it like five years, much like what they did between 2 and 3. Um, I'd say like, you know, like what do we just bring back X? It was a good game. Like granted, I didn't play a whole lot of it. Like I, I at the time I didn't have a Wii U and I didn't realize how underrated it was, and but for like the small the small amount of gameplay I, I have so far, like it's it's really fun. Um, I I don't know, like I think it'd be a really good move for them to do that, either a remake or a second game. Either way, it needs to have multiplayer and it needs to be really beautiful. Um, I think that will give them time on the next project. Like you know, if, if they don't know what to, what to do after three. I think them making X2 or an X remake would be really good because that would gather so many players even if like even non-Xenoblade fans too just because like it's multiplayer so like Xenoblade fans are going to get their non-Xenoblade friend, uh, fan friends to play with them so yeah like I, I don't know maybe it just, yeah, it's just it's just a good idea I'm all off please just just do it bring every Xenoblade game onto the Switch like make us happy, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's about it, honestly. Other than that, that's all I gotta say. Again, for like the millionth time, um, I apologize for the such like delay in episodes. Like I I, just, I don't know what happened. Um, every time I wake up, I'm just like I need to do an episode, but I just end up not doing it. I, I'm so occupied with stuff. Either that or I'm tired. Like I'm already tired right now. Um, and it's like not even like eleven. Um, so. This episode is going up as soon as possible. Episodes are going to be shorter, but we're going to have more at least, um, hopefully. Um, and yeah, so with that being said, thank you all for listening. Um, there will be no ads. Don't worry. You can listen to this ad-free. Um, and with that being said, this is Rokami signing out. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.